Welcome to Step Zero. In today's episode, I'm here with the lovely lady, Mary Toby, who currently is uh, the head of people and organization at TextFix. She comes with a very, very unique and diverse background, uh, which I think really adds to the content uh, of, our, of our episodes, as well as to the learnings that uh, we as Step Zero and our audience is looking to make as well. Before I make the introduction, I love to ask our guests to actually make an introduction to themselves, because I feel it's just right uh, that they go through their personal experience. So Mary, would you mind introducing yourself? And before you do so, I actually wanted to extend our thank you again uh, to joining for joining us and taking part in our journey of uh, changing how mental health is being perceived in the modern workplace. Hi Dora, thank you for welcoming me. That's an honor to speak on, on the podcast with you today. Um, about myself, a short introduction, maybe um, in a bit of background information for everyone to know who, who is here talking um, today. So I'm Marie indeed. I am um, have about eight years of experience um, and as an HR professional. Um, I started in bigger international corporates um, in the industrial packaging um, company called Aldea and then moved on to Danone where I got kicked off kind of my career mainly as a business partner, uh, mainly for um, sales forces in France and the overseas in the French overseas territories. And then from there on, move on to more of international experience, move to the UK and Ireland since we're still with Danone, um, working this their organizational department and in change management. And then decided to move back to Berlin where I used to study, which was a bit of a, a love story with the city um, and wanted to move into more of a startup world. And so I got started um, at a B2B company called Funding Circle, which is a, a fintech startup, which, which was um, growing very fast as this, at the, the moment I joined, was responsible there for the teams based in, in Europe, in Germany and the Netherlands more specifically. And after three years really working there on um, getting the, the glue within the team, really moving down to, onto a high performing um, track, I got started at TaxFix now about six months ago as the head of people and organization, which has, um, has been a, a great step up in my career as well as a great journey so far, um, really growing fastly and really engaging the team to, to deliver on this um, mission of um, being the tax accountant for everyone in digital matter. That actually sounds incredible. And I'm 100% that I will be very soon looking your services up because uh, taxation in Germany is not an easy matter. So it's definitely something that we can recommend people to use and look into, especially if you're, if you're a foreigner. Um, before we get into the, the start of the interview, obviously looking at how many um, different experiences you had and how many wonderful companies you actually worked at, we feel that it's also important that we mentioned before we get started with the podcast that you're here to represent yourself and, and your opinion, not of the company that you're currently uh, currently working at. So thank you for being here and uh, let's get started then uh, with the mental health topic. I like to actually ask that from, from all of our guests because mental health is a very personal matter. Um, that's why we like to ask our guests what their personal experiences, either in their own life or in a professional context when it comes to mental health. Yeah, I think um I mean, mental health probably, for me, means really finding this balance in life, really in a very holistic manner. Um, I have a background as a, as a professional dancer, and I think I've always been very conscious of 
how much how many balls you have to juggle with in your day-to-day -day, like going to dance classes and then um keeping going on with my university life and with professional life and um just like finding this 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 kind of roots where you feel all right being like in control of things um and and so i guess mental health it mainly probably in the way i describe it just a topic for everyone um, and when I look at it in the workplace and what I experience, some of that people feel like they have to hide um, all this that is happening in their private life, which just is just part of who we are. Um, and try to push things aside when they, they have the thing they're not in control anymore. And I think um, I would love mental health to not be a taboo topic anymore. Um, I think it is very much just part of ourselves. Everyone goes through up and downs and trying to find this, this middle um, ground with the help of others and just being more and more open and just thinking this is normal to sometimes struggle to stretch to, to, to be stretched or to um, to feel not fully empowered in a certain moment to not be at peak performance all the time um, during the bit through all these ups and downs and flows of life um, it's a bit of what mental health is to me um, I would say I mean it's a bit philosophical but that's where how I feel about it that's what reality should be. It's not philosophical at all. I think that's what we're here to do as well, right? That's the whole purpose of us talking about it. Because as you said, it's part of who you are. It's just like, I don't mean to make it smaller, but just to give an example, it's like getting a cold, you know, certain things that you have to get through. It's something that you have to deal with. It's part of life. And being able to talk about it and address it without any shame or any problems or any judgment from others around you, I think it's so important. I also have have to uh, refer back to that. I don't know how it didn't come up in our previous conversations that you're a professional dancer. Me too. I was that for 13 years. So I think that we really need to talk about that afterwards. <laughs> it's, it, it shows as well, like the way you think, I think sports bring a lot of stuff to, to an individual in terms of learning, in terms of um, being humble in terms of understanding, you know, hard work and what you have to uh, to put in um, as an individual. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But you talk about a lot of things. Uh, you talk about balance. Um, you talk about being in control. Um, when we're looking at the the, the topics and, and, and mental health specifically, what are what are things that you notice that have a significant effect if we're looking in the workplace as well on an individual's uh, mental well-being? Um, I mean, mental health is so individual. So there are usually um, a lot of topics that can be of matter for someone, not at all for someone else. So I guess every, every person has really their personal circumstances um, that play a big role, whether you're a parent or whether you're just like very eager at the start of your career or um, whether you had a bad previous work experience and you're just kicking off a new job with a lot of, um, yeah, maybe fears of what it could become, et cetera. So I think like all of this load that we have, which is whether private or past experiences play a big role. And within the workplace in particular, I guess, um, the speed of how things are going um, in general, especially if I take a startup environment where we usually everyone is very excited. There's a lot of things happening, like um, different topics to tackle, a lot of things that can be done, um, how well this is all prioritized, for instance, or how much we feel that everything is important plays quite a big role into this feeling, of, okay, like I know where I'm going. I feel that um, indeed I have things um, in control. Um, I, I know my ground where, even though a lot of those things are happening in all direction, um, I think play is really a big role. And as such, I would say probably the role of your manager and all of that, how supportive your team is or how strong the bonds within a team 
are as well. And I would say probably the statement of the company was saying, how much do they care and show that they care about the employees, about um, the health, about um, how well they are feeling, not only how, how well they are performing or delivering, um, is probably playing really also a big role. Um, and that, that comes back probably to the culture of the company as well, um, in terms of what you would like if um, for, I don't know, two or three years of your life, you would like to move into a big consultancy and you feel like, actually, I feel strong enough to, to put my health um, maybe or how, how much I want to engage myself um, is to be top level then that's okay, but it's, that may not be for everyone. So there's probably a part about knowing yourself as well, knowing your limits, which plays a, a big role. Yeah, but I think that's an important point that we actually also touch back on. And in the beginning of, of, of your answer, you mentioned, you know, everyone's being excited, especially when it comes to um, startup world, people getting out of university, really trying to establish themselves for the future. This overexcitement can, can turn into something else, right? As you said, like there are people don't know where their limits are or they don't want to set limits because that's not what they should be doing in their opinion to reach what they actually want to do. And that leads us to the topic of uh, what we wanted to talk about as well, being over-engagement, where, where people come in, they, they do more, they do a little bit too much um, uh, for, for the company or for themselves, and that can backfire. What would you say um, over-engagement means uh, in, in the professional and work context, especially based on your experience? Um, I think for me, I mean, a lot of companies and this engagement topic is a key one, especially in the people, the HR world, we all want our employees to be engaged and motivated and satisfied with their job. Um, but interestingly enough, I have found actually that maybe this millennial generation, a lot of people are talking about, as well as the startup world is, I see really this trend just like flipping over where it becomes this over engagement pattern where people are indeed so excited um they they really see there's quite a lot at stake there's a lot of things happening they want to be everywhere um and they want to also prove themselves that they are um that they can deliver great work um they want to build up their careers um and usually it's also the time around i don't know it's 30 30 to 40 window where people start having a family and then they have this kind of huge amount of responsibility that just come on top of all the rest and all of that is new and that's where things start to study go off hands where um you can really see people um just this this yeah it is where really over again it starts to be really detrimental to to themselves to their health to their businesses um and things start to become a bit trickier yeah that's when, when things collide, right? That, that's when you have your private, professionalized, so many new things. You, you have been striving in, in a structure that was engagement for you, that was working well, but then something life actually happened, and then all of a sudden you're, you're overwhelmed a, a little bit. Um, when, you, when you look at the, 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 the specifics and the risks that over-engagement actually can or may mean for companies, um, what do you think that is? Why is it so risky? Isn't it supposed to be something great? You know, our employees are over-engaged. Uh, we're the luckiest company in the world. Why is it still risky? Why is it still important for companies to know the risks that this can mean on the longer run? Yeah, well, I think probably exactly the last words that you mentioned is probably the, the key part of it. It is just not sustainable. 
um, like having the major part of your workforce being over-engaged, meaning they're going to try to overperform, they're going to over-deliver, put extra hours all the time. At some point, we're all human. This is just not possible. So you're going to have your workforce saying to crack down. Um, and as a business, it's not what you want. Um, unless it is, you have a very short time business and this is kind of like, you know, this is limited in time, but then you will enable probably workers to kind of like slow down as well or go somewhere else or make a break, which is critical, I guess, as kind of a measure to counter over engagement. But in general, I would say really, um, in terms of, um, yeah, keeping your, your employees on the long run, retaining them, um, and keeping them sane and healthy also in terms of teams, um, um, keeping developing them. Usually when you start being over-engaged, your brain is so foggy, you have so much on your plate that you have no capacity for creativity or innovation or development capacity is also very limited. Like how much can you absorb more than what you're already trying to get on in the moment? Um, so there's a lot of negative effects of over-engagement in my opinion. Um, and, and I really see a need of trying to really counter that and being very, um, almost prescriptive, really, like really forcing people to stay in this kind of like healthy channel um, where there are certain boundaries and you can overgo them on one end on the other when you want to maybe slow down on your career because you have other priorities that you need to sort out at a specific moment of time or um, go over at a certain moment, but you know that this is only for a limited period of time and you're gonna come down straight after to reset and get back onto more of a sustainable track. Um, yeah. And that, that's where I think a lot of my question or one of, one of the important questions I think comes in as well. How do you notice if you're a company that you're, you're responsible, you, you know that you want to do the best for your employees, you really want to watch out for them. How do you actually notice the signs? Uh, how do you identify over-engagement in an individual? You know, sometimes, you know, they're young, they want to do more. I was, for example, one of them, no matter what anyone would have told me, I wouldn't have stopped. I probably would have been in the stage where I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to keep going, keep going. And it happened, and I also paid the, the consequences or the price to that. How would you recognize as, a, as an HR professional, people professional, leader, that someone is over-engaged to the extent that it might have negative effects in the future? Yeah. Um, I think some of the signs are usually very related to kind of burnout or pre-burnout signs, um, even though it's probably kind of the, already the, the, the end end of, um, of what you could observe. Um, I think if I take it at almost a company level, one thing that I observe is like people not planning holidays, for instance, like they just keep going and going and pushing and pushing and they're just so into their job because they are really excited. And then a year passes by and they haven't take any breaks. And even on the weekend, they keep working because, you know, that's all exciting. For me, this would be a first flag, especially from an HR department. If your vacation count is just like so minimal into a year, they there is something here. You need to tell your people, take care of yourself, take some time off. Um, th this would be probably kind of the first thing at, at an organizational level. Um, and I would say then, um, I mean, potentially knowing your organization, when are the peaks of activity and what are the lows? If you're able to identify that people are able to go onto the P, but also to come down as well. You see activity decreasing, maybe time off getting decreased as well. People may be like taking more time to bond within the office when they're just like being full on with work. Um, if, if you observe your work was actually just keeping on edge all the time, there is really something that needs to be like brought a bit more to normal. Um, and from an individual perspective, I would say really um, people that you 
really see are keeping overworking on the weekends. You know, they, they keep working on stuff, doing more at night, many times, um, one time after another, um, or they get very emotional, like kind of like really up and down, just this kind of like uncommon emotional pattern that you could observe. Um, if it is a manager, you start seeing some tensions within the team or like mini clashes that are happening that you don't really understand why that's going on. That's not very common for them as a manager um, in their kind of behavioral patterns. Um, and then really at an individual basis, if you start to notice that you cannot sleep well anymore, you cannot disconnect from work, you cannot even enjoy like a brunch with friends on the weekend because you keep thinking about, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. Um, those are for me signs or yeah, you, you, you don't mind eating anymore, doing a break with your family and really enjoying those moments. It means that really there is, there is just too much that is going into work that is really detrimental to your health at that stage. Yeah, uh, honestly, like everything that you actually said made me think a lot. It's, it's so relatable what you say, you know, often people actually go through these stages, but they think it's normal, you know, that's how it should be. That's, that's what I should be. If I don't feel like this, if I don't do this, am I even working? Or am I the person who's actually the, the ambitious, competitive, you know, business person that I want to be? It's kind of like what you should be on paper versus reality, you know, like how balanced life actually makes you more successful. Uh, a lot of the things I honestly, I wish I, I had known you, you know, back then when I was, when I was in those stages of my, of my career as well, because a lot of the things I can so relate to, you know, constantly not being able to get off or even not, even having this feeling of guilt um, that once you do, maybe you're neglecting something and there could be consequences to that. Um, when, when we identify these patterns and, and again, I, I took quite some notes as well, uh, that there's a lot of things that are quite straightforward, quite, quite transparent that you can act on them, but what should a company actually do to create an environment that allows you to strive and, and be the best version of yourself that you ever want to be without the, the, the risk of over-engaging and then on a later stage burning out, what could we do? Um, I think to be honest, there's, um, we're probably still learning right now on, on how to do this. Because I guess indeed, like from a business standpoint, having those people that are so passionate, so engaged, trying to do things, you know, you're like, why would that stop them? You know, it is good. And in general, the atmosphere is so positive. Then, you know, like it, it, it's easy to just like put it aside. Um, but I think there is really something about being like over aware of that and almost like putting this to, putting like picturing this kind of extreme scenario. Imagine, I don't know, you've got your best talents that you've identified and they, you, they are all over-engaged. Maybe in, in six months' time, none of them is going to be able to maintain that pace. Three out of ten are going to, you know, go into like burnout. Like, what does that mean for your business? I think when you start kind of looking in this kind of extreme fashion, you're like, well, okay, maybe something needs to change here. And I think probably there is something about really making a statement as a company saying, we know it is a risk, so we treat it as a risk. In risk management, there's a whole lot of things about this, but it's really like, what is your action plan there? How do you communicate to the team how important that is? And it's almost like a, a mandatory requirement for them um, so that you really get into This is not just a nice to have. Holidays, time off, getting off work, stopping your slack from popping, even if it's 11 p.m., um, it can be part of your company policy. So it really becomes kind of this environment that you create that just enable people to be in this ideal state of just engagement. Um, so yeah, I think in kind of what, what you put in place in terms of the culture you create, the policy you enforces, um, and really the messages you send to your team, 
um, if, I don't know, if you're sick, we, you, know, you don't have to feel guilty. Your team will back you up. Recover, really recover. For instance, already kind of those first messages you sent about this is important. We want you to be well um, so that when things get slightly off track, they know we as a company, we have their back. Um, I think this, these are the first things that really you can do. Um, maybe one other thing that I could see as well is if you try to think really about your business run over a year, for instance, and you know that seasonally, for instance, you have really a high peak around June, but then really trying to map potential events or like moments to kind of come down as an, an overall company or as a team, but it's shutting down the, the office for a couple of days or weeks completely or whether it's a retreat or whatever it might be so that you have those moments which are the peak celebration ones but also the ones where it's more it's fine to be a bit more like cool around things um i think those helps are creating this rhythm which enables people to reset um when they need to yeah uh, in one of our previous podcasts we were actually talking to one of our guests who's also a clinical psychologist about the importance of, of switching off uh, after work finding that balance and and i'm super happy that you actually mentioned that that switching off you actually should be finding the time for that also in in the year of work that you actually do you need to find it as an organization um, what you tell me, I mean, as you say, it can be serious consequences to an organization of losing their, their people, their teams, especially if they're great people. So that's what leaders also need to, need to understand. But often, based on our research as well, especially in more um, startup environments or companies that are just starting out, this is, is quite a difficult sell. Have you had experience when, when you had a really hard time selling it to, to the owner of the organization or a leader to really make them understand why is it so important to take a, a day off or two days off or let that person really engage, do their holidays, have their backs? Um, and, and for some reason, they were a little bit less understanding or less perceptive of, of the topic or even the opposite. I'm, I'm not trying to make this negative, but, but really just look at the more real life scenarios. Yeah. Um... I think it is indeed, indeed, to kind of convince people. I think if they don't, they're probably for me like two part of it. One is if with numbers, with data, with the theory that is all written about this topic, you can try to convince them in a rational manner of why it is so important that this happens. It is also, you know, like human psychology, et cetera, or how we reset as human beings. Um, it can be one way to really kind of bring your point across. Um, I think another one is also, and especially in startups, um, the, I mean, in this, you can also read that everywhere, but I have observed as well, a great CEOs are really like founders. They have found this balance. They usually, they meditate, they have their own routines. Um, they know when to plan family time versus work time. And so I think that if, if a leader at that stage where they have built that up for themselves, um, there is a way they can relate as well, um, that you can really into this. <laughs> um so yeah that, that's probably the, the route i would i would try to go um and and potentially maybe starting with smaller wins in terms of saying like if an employee is you know if it's not i don't know like a full week of holiday but maybe just half a day and actually they come back and if it's i don't know someone speaking to their manager explaining well actually that did me well. I think, you know, like my head was foggy. I come back um, and potentially they share this type of feedback where they feel, well, okay, it seems that, you know, did that damage the business? Were they able to not deliver on time of what were they expecting? Probably not. Did that help them reset and feel better? Apparently, yes. So it could be also just to start to create this 
just awareness as well of how important that is. But yeah, I don't have an all, an all made up answer because it, it can still be, I, I know this, it can be complicated when, I don't know, business are at risk or we know that everyone needs to push because otherwise we're just all going to fail. And in this moment, it is tough to manage and say, well, should we really stop people from keeping pushing? Um, um, but yeah. Those are also, I think, um, situations that you can actually open up and as a leader in a company and say, hey guys, we have this time period where it's really important that we're all in this together, that we do what we can collectively. But then you also have those moments where, you know, sharing the examples and, and showcasing the good it actually does and kind of using that as an education or creating a, a common understanding of how good this is. Actually take time off, come back, you know, refreshed. Um, finding yourself, finding time for your family. At the end of the day, there has to be a balance and an integration of both your professional and work life. Because at the end of the day, you know, that, that's life. It's not one or the other. It all comes, uh, comes together. And also I have to apologize to our audience and to you, Marie, as well. Lily agreed to you very, very intensively. So she had to make a bark saying, yes, I'm totally behind you. <laughs> so apologies there for the, for the interruption. But these points are, are really, really relevant. And I'm so happy that you, you mentioned so many specific pointers and, and so many specific ideas that an individual and organization can, can do. Actually, going back to the individual, we talked a lot about how a company can spot over engagement, what they can actually do. How, what would you recommend to someone who works at a company who feels that he's very excited, but something's going wrong, doesn't really know what, maybe going towards the, 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 the topic of over-engagement or the status of over-engagement, what would you say to these people? How can they spot if maybe they have taken a wrong direction or they're maybe too fast uh, in the way they're engaging with the organization? I think there's a lot probably of self-work. There is a lot of awareness really in terms of like knowing oneself when you hit certain boundaries and you start having those first signals of, okay, um, I don't know, you used to sleep eight hours a week and out of a sudden it's just four or five. And this is just not one day, it becomes like one, two or three. Um, or this one weekend that really you couldn't enjoy because you just, you've got too much on your plate. Um, and I mean, like everyone has their own boundaries, right? So, um, and I guess it's really like, if something feels really like it's, it just doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel comfortable. I think for me, that would be this first trigger of, okay, like what is going on here? So typically, personally, I would try to first compensate. I was like, okay, you know, like really I keep going. I train every day. I'm like, don't miss out, go out in the weekend for a really long walk. Even if you have to do something on the weekend, then take two hours and or three and re-park it to really have this time down. Um, I think are kind of like the first pointers I, I see usually, or I, I know when I sometimes like observe certain people they are you can see they're worried and you, you know they can see that in your colleagues or they are they are just tired or it's just too much and if it's just like a week um it can be all right but then they come the next month they're just apparently the same modus um i think as a colleague you can also reach out a hand to kind of really give them a hint of like are you okay because it doesn't seem like you're the normal self right now you feel you know like you feel tensed or um what's going on so maybe it's also this mirroring of um, knowing that you're not, you're not your best self, basically. Um, there is really this part of, it, yeah, you, you're, you're out of balance. I think we come back to kind of the same keywords, but um, I think it can really be helpful. And, and I, I know that's when I hear sometimes certain people, it, it can be really small things. You wanted to have, to go for this ride with, with your kids and, and basically you know you couldn't make this happen. You feel so frustrated about it. 
and you basically you had to make this choice and you made it for work and it happens once but I was then a second time and a third and it just becomes a pattern and I would say before that happens that needs that you need to put the stop there and this is this is also this discipline I guess when you mentioned before this sport activities and so on I think really from sport practices um this is also something that you learn there is really this part which is like you need to stick to somehow a pattern or routine to really help you get through all days I think that's that's very powerful to have that for oneself um yeah I would say those are probably maybe the first point but I guess everyone is different if I don't know you're a big eater and out of a sudden you don't want to eat anymore or reverse like you really binge every time you find you need a break um it can be really just those, those changes of patterns where you're like, oh, okay, I don't feel right right now. Um, and if it's prolonged, then indeed that means there is something at stake here. I agree. That's actually something we started looking into as well, like the, the actual work environment and mental health and pressure and, and its effects in, in relationship with, with eating disorders as well. As you said, like there's so many patterns, there's so much that can be understood or used as signs. And, and I think as you said, not just companies, but as, as humans and individuals, it's, it's absolutely in our interest to reach out to people, to, to be human about it, start that conversation, because I know it might sound dramatic, but I think you and I would agree on that. It can actually save lives. You know, just that one question, are you okay? Do you need help? And it's more than ever, especially in these times right now, it's more important than ever to really just reach out and be, to pe be there for people even if it's a question that they're going to say, yeah, sure, I'm fine, but maybe you're actually going to get a real answer. And that is going to make that person's person's day. Uh, one other thing that you mentioned is, is uh, habit building. I think that's even one of the topics I think we could, we could talk hours about. Um, and I really like that you touch on so many aspects when it comes to over-engagement and how it's being influenced and what effects it, it has. Since we're coming to the, to the end, unfortunately, I would love to actually talk a lot more to you, but we're coming towards the end of the podcast. I might have one more question to you, um, since there's so many topics that are related to over-engagement. Are there any books or forums or, or um, any more specific recommendations that you could think of that our audience could potentially look into if they're interested in learning more about even getting to know themselves better, self-learning, or the, the topic of meditation? Is there anything that you could think of that could be relevant for us to mention? And of course, uh, reference it in the podcast notes as well for our audience to find. Um, especially when it comes to the topic of building habit, there are so many great apps when it comes to really mental health or meditation, um, yoga or whatever it, it might be. Um, hard, hard to pick one. Um, that's a tough one, Dora. <laughs> Don't worry, I have one actually that I can mention. Uh, for habits, I really like Atomic Habits from James Clear. That's mm -hmm. one of the newer books that, that recently came out and it talks about really tiny habits that you can kind of like stack up on each other and, and help you kind of uh, look at those long-term uh, benefits as well um, that an individual can make out of like actually setting up for a successful life. Um, maybe if you want, you can give it some thought because I know that for, especially for sports, um, and, and for some of the meditation activities, you might have some, some golden uh, ideas in, in your pocket. Maybe we can collect some of those and also add it to, add it to the podcast. If, if someone listens to this, listens to this podcast right now, um, and that person realizes like, okay, I need to, I need to do something. Would you recommend to that individual to reach out to their manager or to reach out to you and speak up about this and, and try to look for support on managing this, this topic themselves at an early stage so that they can really make a difference in their lives? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, mental health is not a taboo topic. There is absolutely no judgment in reaching out for help, asking for support, even if it's at first time not the right person. This person may direct you onto the right direction. Um, and yeah, I think especially in those times right now, we need to be there for one another and we need to take care of ourselves. Our health is just first priority. Um, so yeah, I think if there is really one message, like take care of yourself. And I would say probably build your, your, your caring toolkit. Like what are those little habits that you can put into place? What are those moments that you can be a bit more aware of? Um, so yeah. I don't think that there's any better way to actually finish up this, this podcast uh, with, with such a great advice on, you know, focusing on yourself and, and, and making sure that I think you mentioned um, a caring toolkit. I took a note on that as well. I think that's, that's a really great way of, of describing, you know, a, a little package that you create for yourself that allows you to take action on, on the things that, that you want to focus on. And with that, um, I would like to thank you again, Marie, for joining us. Um, I had a wonderful time talking to you. And I think um, I personally learned a lot from our conversation and I can say the same for our guests as well. Uh, to our audience um, uh, out there, if you will have any questions or you want to learn a little bit more about Marie, we're going to be including her contact details and her, her details in the podcast notes as well. You're welcome to, uh, to look that up. Um, and for the future, I wish you all a great time. Please watch out. Overengagement is something that we need to be aware of. And thank you so much, Marie, for sharing your experience, your ideas and thoughts on this. This is a topic that is not being spoken enough of uh, yet. And I think that's incredible that we brought this here and that you brought this to the table and allowed us to learn of, of something so important and core to our own mental well-being. Thank you so much. Have a great day.